Welcome everybody. This channel is dedicated to figuring out how to reduce dissatisfaction in life and find meaning in life or fulfillment. My name is Henry, the host of this channel, and today we're joined by two very special guests, Neek and Robert Wagner. Neek, do you want to first shortly introduce yourself? And then uh, Robert, do you want to shortly introduce yourself after that? Robert, uh, Neek, you're first. Thank you very much, Henry. So yes, my name is Neek. And uh, two years ago, I joined the Organization for Extraordinary Life. And last year, we set up a form association in Rotterdam. And then in August 2020, I actually left Zurich to, um, for my exchange. But there, I also set up a new branch. And now with the new branch, uh, we want to continue this podcast and to have interesting discussions between, indeed, like more mature and wiser people and us, like, yo, um, unknowing young people that try to seek for answers. So that's about me, Robert. Uh, thank you. Well, I'm a um, senior executive at Credit Suisse. I'm actually the um, chief operating officer for Credit Suisse Switzerland uh, now, but that's after being in this industry now for more than 30 years. Um, I basically finished my studies in the late 80s um, and then uh, had the pleasure to be in the same industry with two different, the two basic big Swiss banks throughout my career. Um, spent uh, quite some part of that career in, in the United States, in New York. Um, and also, um, I guess I should mention, since we're talking about personal development, I um, went through quite some time um, in the Swiss army um, to do a military career, um, which we will probably hear later had also quite some impact on, on my personal development. Um, I have two kids, two wonderful uh, girls. They are now 20 and 25 years old. Um, and another pretty private but <laughs> important fact also is that I'm divorced. Um, I uh, divorced about five years ago, but have now remarried, uh, which again was a, a very important change in, in my life. Um, that would be it. I met uh, Nick basically here at, um, at the virtual event um, that we had uh, for the University of Zurich, um, sponsored by Credit Suisse. I'm the ambassador basically for Credit Suisse at the University of Zurich. And we do um, some events every now and then where students participate. And that's how we met each other, right? Exactly. True. Excellent. Thanks for being so open, Robert. I think that'll be um, add additional value to this talk. So thanks a lot for doing that. Uh, Nick, do you want to start with the first question for Robert? Yeah, so I think Robert made a perfect bridge to the first question because indeed we met in this Credit Suisse uh, case um, assignment that we had to do. And why you caught my attention is exactly because you started speaking a lot about uh, mindfulness, which is something you usually don't hear from more senior people. And I think I asked the question there briefly as well, but I am curious indeed, like, to what extent do you care about mindfulness and why and how does this like manifest itself on the daily life and also in the working life, so in the working environment? Well, look, I mean, as I mentioned there, um, I have to be honest, this is not something that 
um, just um, was part of me throughout my whole career. I, I learned that and I learned it in a way, kind of like in the hard way, um, because um, in my career, I realized that, you know, around me and obviously the larger my role became, the more all of a sudden I realized that I saw people who were struggling with their lives um, next to their professional career. Um, uh, you know, we're talking about the, 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 the more and more kind of like known topic of, of burnouts. And um, while I was personally asked very often, you know, um, how can you, how can you persist and stand in, in, in your life with all the pressure you have on your job? Um, how do you do that? Um, and then everybody talks about work-life balance and they've got to make sure that when I leave the office, um, I leave the, the business behind and I have my private life. And I think I was quite successful there, but I, I started to realize that people around me struggled to do that. Um, and um, then I had, uh, in some instances, very close um, colleagues um, with employees with with burnouts, and that really started to bother me. And and um, at some point, I said to myself, you know, if you have in your organization people that come to the point of a burnout, you do something wrong. Um, it's it's clear, you know, it's 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 always it's not only the business; it's always a combination of different things. But that's probably what this is all about here. I mean, it is it is a crazy world, and 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 whether it's in in the job, in your in your education, training, or in your private life, things everywhere just move around very fast, change very fast, and and as human beings, we are not always you know up to speed to follow all the things that happen, and if it happens at the same time, um, it just becomes very difficult. And so I had um, a number of, of employees very close to me with, with burnouts and I started to realize that was the first time that I personally actually had sleepless nights because all of a sudden I realized, you know, it, it cannot be. And me personally, we as a firm, we have to do something about that. And that's how I started to kind of um, do some reading and, and more and more kind of studying, also um, asking external help and coaches about the topic of mindfulness, you know, how to be mindful about people to a degree that, that um, they feel comfortable um, as a first step, just feel comfortable to talk about the issues they have, because that's really kind of where it starts, you know. We are in, in, in our society, in business, afraid of, of speaking out about topics that you have, because um, a lot of people feel like, you know, it's going to be a problem for my career. If I tell them that, you know, I have a, a personal problem, um, be it, you know, in the family or be it something with my health or so, uh, one feels pressured um, uh, regarding the professional career. Um, and, and that's something that I just you know, decided I have to, to change and break this and, and really make sure that mindfulness is, it becomes a topic that we, we, we can and should talk about. 
and and I think it's it's actually very interesting now in this pandemic situation with lockdowns and people working from home. Um, the whole topic, you know, is now gets in and yet another new dynamic in in the in the sense of of general well being. Uh, how do our people feel? We don't know because we don't even see them anymore. I mean, we have now more and more um, Zoom calls like we have here. At least we see each other. You know that in the beginning, the first year or almost yeah, six to nine months, we only have had link calls. You didn't see each other at all. It's, it's interesting to see that that's already a difference just to see each other. But yeah, that's you know how mindfulness became really um, a, a topic for me personally and for my professional life through an experience, through through a very specific experience. And I'd like to f- follow up on a question there. You said if the employees of an organization are burning out, something's wrong with the organization, or something something something's not quite right. But what if is the fault entirely lying with the organization or is it also with the individuals who are maybe struggle with time? I'm playing a bit, a bit of devil's advocate here. Are they struggling with time management? Is it their own responsibility that the individuals sort out, you know, how much or when they say, you know, now I'm going to go home, I'm going to turn off now. I'm not going to work anymore. I'm not going to read my emails or is it the organization that's just, too oppressive or what do you think look i think what, what, what i've clearly learned is there is no no recipe or no kind of rule that fits all cases it's it's always differing and and really it's in most cases where it really comes to to a, a burnout a combination of of several things it's not just the one topic that that kind of um, is the reason it's it's kind of like a spiral, and um, you know I on an anonymous basis I can I guess I can talk about the cases. You know I had one who somehow in hindsight, <laughs> but that's the problem. I realized that person was under pressure um, privately. Yeah, there was an issue, something with 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 his wife. Um, I realized that whenever his wife called, he had a different voice. He was getting very, very stressed, not as, as kind of smooth a guy that he was in the office. And, and he then started to work more and more in the office because the, the office was his, his kind of like, um, he, he was he was just kind of like his his way out of of the issues he had on the private side and then all of a sudden the office because everybody knew he's always here you can always ask him he kind of got into the trap there and couldn't get out of that anymore because that was basically his profile he's the guy who was always there you can always go he always helps and all of a sudden he couldn't get out of that anymore so he was stuck in that, and then he started to to create some some physical issues, and and then you know it's really kind of turning circles, different things that that happen, and and in in all my experiences, it 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 has always been a combination. Quite often, it starts with the office, 
And that's where really I think that's where the, the, the organization has to take a responsibility and make sure that you create an environment. Um, and that's really the thing, you know, you, as an organization, you cannot as a top executive um, basically order. Now we take care of everybody. It doesn't work. You have to create the culture of mindfulness, a culture of open dialogue, um, where people start to talk to each other, where they have a group of bodies that, you know, allow them to be open and talk about their topics. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, there's a, there's a part of that that I'd like to get to uh, in a second or a bit later. Um, but the next question I'd like to ask you, Robert, is like you said, you're currently in an executive position at Credit Suisse. So you've basically reached a very powerful position in the, let's say, financial corporate world. What sacrifices did you have to take to attain that position or to reach that position? Well, you know, that that question I probably could talk about for the for the rest of the day, obviously. Um, and uh, because, as I mentioned already, you know, it's now more than 30 years. And in those 30 years, I went through um, completely different phases. And in, the, in these different phases, I, I probably took different sacrifices or probably took less and less sacrifices because I became more and more aware of what's happening around me and what is really important to me. Um, because honestly, when I finished uh, university and when I had my master degree and, and, and uh, started as a career starter at that time at, at UBS, um, the only thing I had in my mind was basically to, to have a career, to become CEO of this company. That's, that was it. And um, yes, at the same time, I, I got married. Um, and yes, I was in love, but did I fully understand at that time what marriage means? Honestly, if I look at it now, 30 years later, probably not. Um, but it was it, did I sacrifice at that time? It, 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 it fit to me somehow. I didn't realize. Um, and, and that's why, you know, and then over time, uh, then at, at this time also, I kind of advanced quite quickly in, in the Swiss army. The Swiss army is an interesting system because you do it all, um, in parallel to your job, um, it, it's not that you go for, a f or at least at that time, nowadays, you can actually do that to, to go for a, for a certain period, the whole block. Um, at that time, it was really kind of like you had your repetition courses every year. And then if you advanced, you would do some additional courses, training to, to advance the ranks. Um, and um, it was just at that time, it felt to me like it is also part of my career to, to advance as an officer, um, to learn there, you know, how to lead people because you got a chance very early um, as a young guy who, you know, to, to have a big responsibility in terms of leadership. 
So I thought that was a good idea. I did that, invested at the end overall. I spent more than three years in the army, um, ended as a, a um, major general staff, chief of operations for a tank brigade. brigade. Um, at that time, did I, was I fully aware of, of what it meant to me, the sacrifices it took? Because for several years, I did not have vacation. All the vacation I spent in the army, for the army, basically. I was lucky enough that the, the bank at that time was actually interested in, in me doing this career. So they, they financed, um, because then I already st started to work in New York, so they fin financed the flights back to Switzerland, uh, returned to, to do all that. Um, so it, it just came in a way naturally. Um, but at that time, so now we are talking early 90s, um, and I was with the bank somewhere, not even 10 years yet, it just kind of like was the natural thing to do and not a lot of thoughts um, really about um, sacrifices or not. I just felt like this is what you have to do. This is um, what, what makes your career. Um, and uh, so it, it really kind of like I, I grew into um, the things kind of where I started and, and uh, you know, that's the, the interesting part always to think about what are the turning points in your life and when do, when do you start to realize um, what really matters to you personally. Um, I had one interesting moment for me was, was um, actually then just after uh, 1 11 in New York, I still worked in New York then 2001. Um, I did a senior executive program at Columbia University and I had a personal coach assigned there to, to basically be with me for those eight weeks. And I, a, a young lady, and she really kind of, she was the first, I have to say, that really challenged me to think about my personal values. And, and said, look, I mean, all I want to do with you, because at this point, that was, again, 2001, early 2002, um, you already reached quite some um, quite um, good steps in terms of your career, in terms of your army position and everything. But um, are you sure or you, do you know what really matters to you? So I want to work with you these eight weeks on your personal values. And she forced me to think back about, you know, what are the values that really formed my personality? Where does that come from? And, um, and that's quite an intensive work to do, but um, very rewarding, actually, because you start to realize, you know, why is, is what value so important to you? Um, and it, it very often goes back to specific um, experiences to a specific happening. I guess you, you know um, from your studies, there have been a lot of studies what makes um, leaders successful and, and, and uh, history about successful leaders. They very often had some dramatic um, experience actually in their lives which made them step back to really think about their life and, and, and start new in a certain degree. 
Now, I did not have this one very kind of intensive thing, but when you start to think back, you, you realize that there are more, there are these, these special situations, happenings, special people um, that, that um, had an important uh, influence on your life. And it's really there. And, and at that point, I was already turning 40 years and, and um, was kind of okay in my career. Not, not really. Um, um, I was a team, uh, team leader in investment banking in New York. Uh, the success was more based on, on business um, transactions that I closed um, and was proud of, but not as a as a leader. And and um, it's that's really where it starts to become much more personal and more about leadership. And and my career actually then um, started to accelerate in terms of of leadership responsibility. And uh, thanks for that story. But the one thing that I'm thinking about is. Um, I'd like to ask you, in hindsight, what was something that you actually didn't care that much about that you let go of, or let's say you used to focus on a lot, but then you let go of, and then instead uh, took on something you did care about? Like maybe you're referring to leadership here. You, you focus more on that. So like what's something that you were focusing on, but in hindsight actually wasn't that important, you feel? Well, look, um, that's exactly, you know, the, the things that then I started to learn when I did this whole kind of personal study with this coach at Columbia University. Um, I, I realized um, that in in the 90s when I was there in, in the investment bank and, and kind of advancing my career, um, I had uh, mid-90s, 95, my, my first daughter. And honestly, um, and I only realized that in hindsight, I totally missed the first um, five years of, of that child. And um, I, I realized um, then, and at that point she was already five years old, that I basically sacrificed being with this baby um, uh, to being in the office and and uh, um, closing transactions and being a, a successful um, investment banker closing transactions. And I realized that all of a sudden that, that probably wasn't worth it. Um, yes, it was nice to have these successes, but um, uh, it would have been nicer to be closer to, to my daughter. And, and in addition to that, the... the, the, the um, it just happened that um, we were not successful to have a second child at that point. And, and um, it took five years, actually, and, and already quite some kind of mental pain that, that I missed these first years until, um, thanks God, we had actually a second daughter. And, and then I saw, you know, how different I can be as a human being contributing to the life of, of, of my family, my daughter. Um, and that was a, a very key experience for me in terms of, you know, balancing what is important for me 
and how do I decide what is important for me? And the first instance, the, the, the first child, I just kind of like, I went with the flow and the flow at that time was career and doing business. And I didn't realize that something else came up in my life, which probably would, should have been more important. Before we go on to the next question, Nick, you can ask that one then. Robert, thanks a lot for being so open and admitting that um, you felt some kind of stress or pain about the decisions you took. And I want to ask you, how are you, how do you find the courage and the, the strength to open up about this? Because I think a lot of people wouldn't be willing to share their, let's say their past of things. Maybe they, they, you know, maybe they feel weren't so, wasn't so good. Like how, how are you able to just share this or, um, because I'd like to see other people also do this and encourage this more in society. So maybe you can uh, like explain or like teach others or help others to, to, to be more vulnerable. Look, I, I, I learned it the hard way, honestly. I mean, it's just, it's not that it is me and I, I don't know, I just had this or, or whatever. I learned it the hard way too, uh, to be very honest. And, and the, the, hard, the hard story there is basically my, my divorce. Because at the end of the day, um, and, and again, I mean, that started about 10 years ago, and then we were finally divorced about five years ago. Um, but I, I learned there that, again, somehow I obviously had, uh, had a different focus, and I didn't realize um, deep enough what's happening in my private life. Because I, I was then, that's the phase later when I had this Columbia training I was talking about and, and started to do more and more a career in terms of leadership. And, and I was, you know, responsible for more and more and more people, fascinated about leading people, um, but probably not using the things, the, the, the skills I learned in leading people in the business, didn't use those skills privately because it was still too kind of focused, too narrow. And this separation from, from, from my wife really kind of opened up um, a totally new um, kind of uh, chapter in my life which um, is the main reason why I'm totally open today uh, about uh, talking about my personal experiences and actually even like to share it with especially young people like you are, because I think it is important to understand. Um, I'm nowadays, and I know that's not easy, but I'm nowadays totally convinced that it is much better for you personally and, and, and at the end also for your personal career if you actually are open about um, your personal life and your personal situation. And you do live in a full balance and, and, and this, this open spirit. Um, when I, when I uh, had to leave my, my house, my wife and my kids, uh, my dog, my garden, my hobby. At that point, um, I, I all of a sudden 
kind of I knew now I have to change something in my life. I still have my my professional career. I went to my boss um, at that time and I told him, look, and that was totally new for me. I told him, look, I have a problem. I'm, I moved out of my house. I have now a, a tiny little apartment in Zurich and um, I, you know, I tried to do the best to still perform professionally. But um, I, I have to find a new kind of floor for my personal life. And um, through some, some very interesting people that I, I knew at that point, um, I knew for, from society, from uh, friendships, whatever, but I never really um, kind of... Uh, discussed deeply enough there was for example one big important part was an, an Indian guy and a, a Vaidya and a Vaidya is a, a, um, a, a doctor of Ayurveda medicine right um, an Indian guy who happened to be in Zurich and and um, I was fascinated about about Ayurveda but not really the real the real understanding and the deep meaning of, of what that is. And so I, I went to him and I said, look, uh, let's be honest, in my old life, everything was very factual and, and I, I needed to have proof for everything, you know. Um, and so I didn't understand really what you do. And let's be honest, now I need help and I'm open for anything that I probably didn't believe in the past, but um, if it doesn't help, it doesn't do any harm so let's just try and I had two years of kind of like just trying everything you can imagine and a lot of things I went once and I got a confirmation okay forget about that that doesn't really help you um, but I had a lot of things that started to help me to at the end really you know open up be open talk about um, your experiences and and in in that sense in the beginning very selfish just to to kind of help me um, understand what was happening with me and uh, around me and I really realized and and that's why I can now say you know it's <laughs> um, it is the right way to go. I mean, since I did this, I, I, my career actually accelerated even more um, because I had yet another style and way to deal with people and, and, and uh, I was recognized more and listened to and, and I got even um, uh, more um, important positions and I found a new wife. Um, and a total new way of living with a partner. And, and that's why I'm nowadays so fully convinced that, you know, being open and talking about your, your personal values, your personal pain points, whatever, uh, it might feel uncomfortable sometimes, but overall, uh, it gives you a total different uh, way of, of living much more open and satisfied. Thank you, Robert, for, for, for making such a statement because a lot of young people, I think, are more open nowadays, but when they're entering the workforce, so especially a corporate workforce, and they see the leaders of the workforce who are closed off, 
they think, mm, am I, should I, should I be open in this environment? Is it, you know, is it too dangerous? Is it a bad move? Is it good strategically? But if someone like you, who's an executive says or condones being open, I think that's extremely powerful. So thank you for doing that. Nick, do you want to um, go to the next question? Well, I really want to hook in here quickly because I think a theme that both Henry and me discuss more often is kind of this dichotomy or like the, the tension between living in a very rational, science-based, data-driven world where there's a lot of emphasis on that. And then it's, it's also um, skills needed in business and in universities. But on the other hand, we have our feelings and experience, emotions, novelty, and mindfulness. And I think... Um, what I've noticed, especially during pandemic, that I've come to realize that the latter part about feelings is also really important and it might sometimes be really overthrown by a lot of people. So I think it's really awesome to see that um, you, have, you, Robert, have found a way to integrate that part more into your life as well because I think it's really important. 